The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corliss, and you are listening to Pod to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 19 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings, all. Thank you for coming back for another episode of Pod and Chat Talking Dance. Um, if you are keeping up, keeping tabs on me, uh, you may have noticed I did not podcast last week. And I apologize for that. It was not my intention. But um, <clears throat> I got reasons, people. So, um, I mean, the first reason was uh, last week was a performance week. So Movement Headquarters got a got a grant from the City Artists Corps to put on a uh, weekend of performances at parks throughout New York City. So, uh, Movement Headquarters, my company, we uh, performed Love Letter, which I actually created last year in response to that New York Post article about uh, that said New York City is dead forever. Um, anyway, so we got a grant to do it again this year and instead of doing it during the summer, we did it during the fall um, and we had rehearsal all week and it was just a, a lot of work to get that up and running. So I did not have the time to get that together. That's one of the reasons, but I'm going to tell you another reason in a second. Um, but yeah, the performances were great. We had six performances in, uh, two in Central Park, two in Prospect Park in Brooklyn, and then two at Flushing Meadows Corona Park in Queens. And it was very well received. I was really glad that we were able to put this on again. And I was very proud of my dancers because these performances are stressful. Um, um, like ballet dancers are used to performing on a stage, but we're like performing in parks. And also like we don't technically get permits for this. Um, they're pop-up performances. Um, and so like they have to figure, we have to figure out the space like right before the show. And if like people come and they take over the space, it has to shift and they have to actually like adapt in real time. Not only that, you have like people on bikes, like riding through people with strollers, um, sometimes people who are losing their mind. Um, so there's like a, a heavy load of adaptability um, that dancers are not used to dealing with. So I was very proud of my, my company artists for how they handled all of that and the performances went really well. Um, I'm just getting some of the photos that our company photographer, Liz Schneider Cohen, took and uh, I posted to one on my Instagram, B Corollis, and one on our company Instagram, move, movement underscore headquarters. So just want to peek, check that out. Um, what else is going on? Uh, it's, it's just been a very, very busy week for me. Um, I'm podcasting on Thursday. Uh, it's my birthday. Um, it has been a day, but I'm not going to get into that. It's not important for you to hear. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I started working as rehearsal director for Brooklyn Ballet's Nutcracker this week. So I've um, been teaching company class and getting the company dancers uh, prepared for their production in December. Um, and then also I went back to teaching Connecticut finally at the Ballet School of Stanford because uh, they are actually partnering with Parsons Dance Company. Um 
So they're build, they, they've been building a new facility. So we got kind of a late start to things. Um, so I went back to Connecticut on Tuesday, on Monday, and I'm supposed to go back on Saturday. And then also still teaching at the children's program, uh, children's and teens program at Broadway Dance Center. So um, beyond all of this, I also, as we launched, as we uh, per, did our performances of Love Letter, we also launched uh, Movement Headquarters is 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 we we launched my company's annual fundraiser um we are raising fifteen thousand dollars to uh put on our preview production of land of the suites um in downtown brooklyn at the mark o'donnell theater at the actors fun arts center that's a mouthful on the 17th and 18th of december um super excited about this we're trying to raise fifteen thousand dollars uh and we've raised about 2600 so far so in like Less than a week, we're almost 20% to our goal. Um, actually, no, we are because somebody donated $200 off campaign. So yeah, we are at like 20% of our goal in just a week. So I would say that that is looking pretty good. I'm excited about that. If you are interested in helping us uh, meet our goal in this fundraiser, uh, please consider contributing. You can go onto my Instagram, bcorollis, B-K-E-R-O-L-L-I-S, um, or you can go to our movement headquarters, Instagram, movement underscore headquarters. I just said those twice. Um, and you can check the link in the bio. It's all tax deductible, and you will not only be helping support my work, but honestly, like, you supporting my work is allowing me to pay my dancers and to pay artists to uh, put this production together. So I hope you will consider contributing to that. Um, <clears throat> what else? I'm supposed to head to the Southwest next week, so I probably won't be podcasting again until November. Um, but things are complicated in life right now, and um, maybe I will. I'm just going to leave it at that. So that is that. <laughs> Alrighty, so... Um, oh, the other reason why I didn't podcast. So now let's get away from my updates and let's actually like get this, this topic going. So one reason I didn't podcast last week was also because I was writing perhaps the hardest grant that I've ever written in my entire career before. Um, it was the dance advancement fund. Um, I think it's done by dance is it dance nyc or is it knife i think it's dance nyc um and it's for small budget dance makers and honestly the small budget dance makers are twenty five thousand dollars to a million dollars it's not the same thing to be like a twenty five thousand dollar budget dance maker versus like a million dollar dance maker um currently movement headquarters is right at about like sixty thousand dollar budget every year um so we are the very, 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 very low end spectrum. Um, and I feel like this grant was actually like geared towards way more established artists. You have to have at least like three years of uh, history in the city dance making. And uh, Movement Headquarters has officially three years. So um, we didn't have a lot of the information prepared that it asked for. Um, so I had to do things like write a diversity, equity, inclusion policy and a statement on DEI. Um, I had to, uh, prove several things that I haven't had to do before. And yes, I mean, of course those things are important and I'm glad that I have them now, but also like, it's hard to have like a DEI policy when I am the only person in charge. And of course, like I, I pick up dancers and we do our best to make sure that we are keeping diversity and equity and inclusion in mind. Um, but we're just not there yet to have like this like massive system for employment. Um, so it ended up taking me about 40 hours to write over 10 days. Um, and I did all of that while 
teaching and uh, rehearsing the company for our performances and then getting the performances going, like looking for costuming, um, getting marketing materials together, and then also getting this uh, fundraising campaign off the ground. So it was a really, really overwhelming experience. Um, I, although as the artistic director of movement headquarters, I'm like technically responsible for the artistic product, um, in our current nascent state. And this is like pretty true for most like newer dance companies. I also act as the de facto executive director, um, and pretty much everything else you could think of, including, uh, grant writer. But I, I felt that it was really important to apply for this grant because, um, we, in my opinion, are the perfect candidates to get it. Um, and if we did get it, it could be like transformative for movement headquarters because it would allow us to uh, hire a part-time executive director and they would be able to take on these responsibilities that are overwhelming me in so many ways um, so that I could focus on the artistic product and my educational, my like uh, the educational aspects of what I do. Um, and somebody else who's probably better at like writing a grant or uh, cultivating relationships with donors um, and all those types of things, um, they could take that that workload off of my plate. Honestly, it would be transformational for the company because it would like create a cycle of fun. It would like help create a cycle of funds coming in so that uh, we can maintain things versus every time we do something having to ask for money from scratch. Um, but also it'd be transformational because it would allow me to really focus on, on the work that I'm good at versus, um, doing all these administrative tax tasks that are important, but not something that like most artistic directors <clears throat> in a larger company have to do. So yeah, um, one night I had grant brain rot and I was having a conversation with a friend of my husband's and I, and me. Uh, our friend, he, she is his friend. They were roommates when well before I knew, I knew my husband. Um, and now we're, we're all friends. So, uh, and she, I was just complaining about writing this grant and how long it took. And she suggested that I podcast on what I've learned about grants thus far, because she, uh, listens to my podcast and she said she hadn't heard anything like that. So thank you, Kenya. Um, we are going to talk about grants today. All right. So what are grants? Uh, and who can apply for them. So um, a grant is a, a certain amount of money and support that is offered by organizations. Um, a lot of times they're arts organizations, but it can also be uh, like companies. Um, I don't know exactly how they get their money. Sometimes it's like government money. Other times I believe that uh, it comes from a foundation. So say that somebody uh, has a lot of money and they want to get some like tax write-offs, they can put their money into a foundation and then um, that foundation distributes the money to causes that align with that foundation. Um, and then also like from businesses, I believe that they can get like tax credits if they, if they do grants. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like the basic gist of, of what grants are. Um, they essentially are, it's, it's free money if you can prove that you align with the mission of a company or, or a foundation, um, and uh, that you also have like a track record that 
that lets them know that you know what you're doing. A lot of times, like even if you have a great idea, people don't want to give you money um, unless they know that you can execute it. So uh, they will want to really like pick your brain and make sure that you uh, a will follow through, but also that you are very clear on the reasons that you want the grant and how it will uh, benefit you, but also how it will essentially make the company look. Um, there are often boards or advisory boards on these uh, grant making committees, or they'll have like grant making committees, and they it's like a group of people who will review the applications and then they will decide who um, who gets them. So, okay, who can apply for grants? Um, Everyone is a little bit different. Um, grants are not just like things for dance companies, um, like housing uh, organizations. Like New York has NYCHA, it's the New York City Housing uh, Association, something like that. Um, for people who are lower income, um, they can apply for grants to like get their buildings um, up to like par. Uh, you might have um, different non for profit organizations. That's a big one. Um, Essentially, for most grants, you have to be a non-for-profit organization or like Movement Headquarters, you have to be fiscally sponsored by a non-for-profit organization, which means that um, they support you and then they will funnel the money that you receive through their organization. Um, And that's why you get the money, because even though you are not for profit, the money goes through a not-for-profit and then they give it to you. Um, So, yeah. Uh, for the most part, organizations will apply for grants, but there are many organizations that, sorry, there are many, uh, grant makers who will, uh, allow an individual to apply. Sometimes you can have collaborators, um, but each one is very specific about, um, what they are looking for when it comes to who they want to give grants to. Um, so yeah, uh, that's essentially what a grant is and who can apply for them. Um, why, why are, why are grants important? The reason that grants are important, um, and this is kind of my opinion versus like a fact. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, I don't think grants are as important outside of the United States. Um, because the, the way that the world works is like different based on countries. So like in dance specifically, um, in Europe, a lot of organiza- dance organizations are supported by the government. So um, every year they are given their budget by the government, they hand them money, and then they use that money to execute their season, pay their dancers, make sure that they have like a, a, appropriate facility to make sure that like ticketing is working and marketing and pay the orchestra and all of that stuff. So a lot of uh, European dance companies do not need to rely on like the generosity and support of uh individuals and grant makers uh, because the government is ensuring that they are going to be able to uh, put on their work. But in the United States is a bit different and it's it's a very complicated conversation. It's been arguments for years. Like when you have more liberal people in office, they tend to want to give more money to the arts and culture sectors because they understand how important it is um, to the livelihood of cities and to the cycle of um, the cycle of money going through cities as well. it's kind of like you put on a show, it pays the artist, but also like it brings people into the city, which is transportation money, um, parking money. And then they go out to restaurants and it supports like the restaurant industry. And there's, there really is quite a cycle of, of, uh, money 
in the, in the economy when it comes to uh, the arts. But anyway, so um, the 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 thing with uh, <laughs> my brain is like so. It's funny. I'm I podcast on my phone and I'm getting like hundreds of texts while I'm doing this because it's my birthday and I'm trying to not get distracted. So um, the. The way that a lot of companies work here in the United States is they are more supported by individual donors at the beginning. That's kind of where we are with Movement Headquarters. Um, and then as a company gets larger, they usually start to get grants and they also um, can start to get corporate sponsors. So like companies that want to sponsor, like maybe uh, say when I was in Seattle, like Microsoft sponsored Pacific Northwest Ballet and then uh, their employees would get benefits. Like they could come to a dress rehearsal for free. Um, maybe there were events that they could go to. Uh, so there, there were certain benefits. But uh, there is very little government supporting of the arts. They, the, no, in, as far as I know, no government entity just hands money to organizations in the United States. The only way that an organization can get, can get government money is to prove to uh, government grant makers that they deserve money. Um, and then beyond that, then they have to go to foundations. They have to go to um, through all those processes, all, all those places that I talked about um, in order to ask for money. And when I say ask, it's like essentially <laughs> sometimes I feel like a professional beggar. I know that people hate it when I say that, but like as an artist in the United States existing in like a non-for-profit system without the support of the government, you feel kind of like a glorified beggar um, and you are just using the money for the greater good of like art and culture. Um, but there's, you, you, you really have to prove to people. And uh, I really, I hate to say this, I suck at grant writing um, in my opinion, because there's like, there's a little bit of a manipulation factor where you have to bend your uh, vision to match companies. Now, obviously, or match the grant makers. Now, like I was going to say, obviously, um, sometimes you just naturally align, but there's so many grants out there and there's some where you're like, well, it's close. And maybe if I tweak this performance to have like an educational aspect to it, I could get the grant or like uh, when I was dancing with Ballet X, we did a a new ballet where uh, the co-artistic director, Matthew Neenan, who was also the company choreographer at the time, um, he went into like middle schools throughout New York, not, not New York City, Philadelphia. And um, he like had movement classes with the students and they came up with like certain phrases that became the inspiration for his choreography. Now, here's the thing. I've never talked to, to Maddie about this, um, Matthew Neenan, but um, did he want to make that ballet? Like, was he inspired to make that ballet and then he found a grant? Or did they find a grant that fit and that was just like an opportunity for him to create a piece? Um, me thinks it's the second one. Um, I'm obviously not going to like sit here and be like, this is what it is because I, I don't know. But um that's like a situation where you go, okay, well, maybe it wasn't his artistic vision, but they made his vision fit their vision. Um, and then he got the grant and we got to put together this piece. I don't know if it was ever performed after we did it. So in the end, was it even like a valuable investment beyond? Yes, there was a value to like bringing dance into like middle schools in Philadelphia. Um, but like in a grand scale, um, how impactful was maybe like skewing your vision a little bit to make that happen? Um, so yeah, 
I went a little further into that one than I was planning. But yes, grants are very important because they they essentially... I'm, I'm going to just start talking about dance grants at this point um, versus talking about the other grants that I, that, that uh, support the arts, humanities, social justice, healthcare work, uh, housing, etc. Um, so yeah, for like dance and choreography grants, um, you can get money for creating outreach programs. And that could be like going into underprivileged communities who can't typically afford access to to dance classes. It could be general support, which is the grant that I applied for that essentially like helps your company function. It can like pay salaries for administrators. Um, and, or like you could use it to set up like, uh, accounting or anything like that. Um, there are grants for touring. Like you, you only can get it if you like have an international tour. Um, there are grants to create, uh, to support just choreographers so they can create whatever work they want. There's grants for choreographers who have like different, uh, their, their mission aligns with like different things, like maybe a BIPOC a choreographer wants to create a piece about black history um, and uh, that aligns with an organization's mission and that's a reason to apply for a grant. So um, these grants are super important because they provide money that is outside of the individual donor and it uh, usually a grant is going to be a larger amount of money. Um, it's not going to be like $10 or 25 or $100. It's going to be in like the higher hundreds to like thousands to even like tens of thousands of dollars. Um, so yeah, without grants, uh, well, without government support, um, grants are actually quite the necessity for any arts organization to be able to survive at this point. I hope it changes at some point here in the United States, but it is the way that our world works today. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so how do I find grants personally? Um, there are several websites that I follow regularly to look for grants. There's Dance NYC, which is like our local New York City um, dance support organization. Um, you can also find grants at Dance USA, which is national. Um, there's several websites that I follow. Um, I don't have them up right now, so I can't tell you. But if you Google like dance grants, they do pop up. Um, there's also, I don't really go on this one because I'm not educated enough about it and I feel overwhelmed, but I do know several choreographers who go, uh, it's, it's called the foundation. Um, and I think they actually have an office here in New York that's somewhere around Chelsea. I've been there once. Um, but, uh, the, the foundation center, I think it's called the Foundation Center, but there's also a website, um, and they essentially provide like all the grants in um, in the city and I think in the country, and you can look for them. But it's o- it's overwhelming. If you don't know what you're doing, it's very overwhelming. Um, and I, when I went, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I had a friend who was kind of showing me how it works, but um, yeah. So that's that. Okay, so how do I choose what to apply for? Um, well, first, first things first. Um, obviously, I'm going to be looking for dance grants. Um, that could be anything from like choreography to education. Um, but I generally am going to find grants that support dance specifically. Um, every once in a while, there might be a grant that uh, is a little more generalized that I, that I would apply for. Um, but uh, it's easier to get a grant when it specifically aligns with the that sector, that segment of your field. Um, that you work in. Um, but yeah, usually I, I'll look through them. I'll look at like the, uh, 
like when it's due and if like it's a big long grant and it's due in like five days, like I'm not going to apply for it. Um, but say it, it, it's, it's like a few weeks away and it's something that seems like it would align, um, then I'll go to the next step, which is um, you have to look at what the eligibility requirements are. So every grant is going to tell you like who can apply. A lot of times, like if it's for an individual, you can't be in like a degree granting program at that time. Um, they might ask that you've been working at it for a certain period of time in choreography. They have like early career artists, they have, um, emerging artists and they have mid career artists. And then they have those who have like really made it. And they're, it's funny because there's not like a specific, uh, there's not a specific uh, list of like what that means, but like generally early choreographers like have very little uh, experience and they haven't gotten like any recognition in their field. Emerging might be like they're just starting to get noticed. Mid-careers usually have been creating for more than 10 years and you have like a record of uh, of work and then uh, anything beyond that is obviously beyond that. Um so that's one thing. Sometimes it'll be the, another eligibility requirement will be, okay, are you an individual? Are you not for profit? Um, for the most part, if you're fiscally sponsored, you can apply through your non for profit. But if it's a grant where you are um, applying for it and so is your nonprofit, they might actually not let you both apply. So the obviously the nonprofit's going to get like priority because they need to fund their organization. And if you're being supported by the organization that needs the funding, like obviously they're going to be the ones to, to do it. Um, other eligibility, eligibility requirements can be a range of things. Like you have, you have no idea. Like, um, there could be grants only for women. There could be grants, uh, for only BIPOC, uh, artists, or it could be like transgender artists. Um, that's not as common, but like, I, like I was saying, they're, they're touring grants. So you might have to already have a tour booked, um, and then you can apply for it or, um, like here in New York, the reason that, so when my husband and I were looking to move into New York City, somebody had recommended that we look at Jersey City in uh, New Jersey, which is like right across the river from uh, the World Trade Center. So I thought about it and then I started to realize that a majority of the New York City-based grants, like grants for New York City-based artists, do not include Jersey City, even though it's closer to Manhattan than a lot of places in Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. Um if you live in Jersey City, you're automatically excluded from a great many grants um, that are available to New York City artists. So even if you're coming into the city to work, if your residence is not in, in New York City or if you don't have like a business address, they're, they're not going to allow you to apply for those grants. So um, excuse me, it's, it's really important that you if you are going to be considering grant writing that you look at the eligibility uh, requirements for those um, and also understand that you're probably going to need to be fiscally sponsored uh, by a company if you are not already a 501c3 nonprofit status. Um, so yeah, that's that's like the general like, okay, how do I find a grant? Um, what do I choose to apply for? And then what are the eligibility requirements? So okay, once I've like gone through that whole process and I've determined that a grant is um, something that I should consider spending my very minimal, not minimal, but my limited valuable time. Um, when I, once I decide that I'm going to apply for a grant, what exactly do I have to do to apply for it? Um, 
that is a hard question that I'm probably not going to be able to answer for you um, because every single grant is different. Like I said, uh, well, let me let me give a let me give an example. Um, the City Artist Corps grant that I got for Movement Headquarters uh, to do our outdoor performances of Love Letter in October, it was a $5,000 grant, and practically all of that money went to income for the artists, uh, for myself to buy costumes, and then to market it. So that that cash went pretty quick, um, and it was very helpful, and I was very grateful for it. But um, this grant was actually pretty simple to fill out. It was It was pretty much like, what are you doing? Um, what is like the public factor for it? One of the eligibility requirements was that it had to be a free event um, and that uh, it was going to have to be outdoors. Um, so it was a simpler grant to put together. It didn't take me that long. But the thing is, you just had to be qualified for the grant in order to potentially get it. Um, and so I got an email. I applied for three cycles. They had like a June, July, and August cycle. Um, and back in June, I didn't get it. And then July, I didn't get it again. Um, so the thing is, I got an email that said, you are eligible for this grant, but it was a lottery. So they anybody who was eligible was essentially like thrown in a pole. I don't I don't know if they did like a true lottery. So I'll like spin the spin the wheel, go like open the tab, grab a ball, B52. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know exactly like how they did it, but um, we got we were eligible for the grant, but it wasn't like we won them over. Um, so that was an easier grant, but then for instance, this, uh, dance advancement fund grant, there were eight sections that we, we had to fill out. And by we, I, I'm saying we, but that's movement headquarters, but it was me. Um, the first one was just like general information. Um, the second section was like the, our, the company's mission, like an artistic statement, um, the third, there were like five, that's just like a little taste. Um, there were like five paragraphs, not paragraphs, five sections that I had to do. Often also, um, there's like word counts that you have to meet. Um, and there are certain, like, sometimes they'll give you certain points that they want you to touch upon. Um, and it can become very complicated because I mean, for me, I'm very verbose. That's why I have a podcast. I can talk. Um, and I can also talk through my fingers when I type, um, <laughs> So sometimes it's actually like I, I have more difficulty getting it to fit the size than I do creating the content. Um, but yeah, so uh, what was what else? So we had the whole DEI, the diversity, equity, inclusion section. Um, there was a work sample section um, there where, where the work sample was I had to, to like give them samples of my choreography. Um, and then there was like a proposal of like what exactly we wanted to do, like how our mission aligned with the, the grant making organization, blah, 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 blah. So um, there was a lot of information and it was very specific to that grant. They wanted to know like exactly what you would use it for. Oh, I also had to show them our budget. Um, I had to show some financial documents, um, which is also difficult when I'm doing the accounting because I'm not like a professional accountant. And, and honestly, like sometimes I get scared that because I don't have that like professional skill that they look at the information. And even though the information is correct and I do know like how to balance a budget, um, that if it doesn't look like it's done in a professional manner that we're going to automatically be disqualified. Um, but that is life. And hopefully uh, they will see that we need help. And if we get the money, we'll get the help. <laughs> but yeah, so okay, that's that. Like that. So what Like what should you have prepared? Um, it really just depends on the grant. Um, but uh, you're most likely going to need to be able to clearly state your what your what your proposal is like, 
what you're asking for, like what you want that money for, for the grant, um, you're most likely going to have to have some type of work sample, um, which if you're a choreographer, obviously that's going to be some, uh, footage of your choreography. Um, but then from there, it could be anything. Uh, so you just have to be prepared. Um, some advice that I do have is that you should always write down your answers offline, um, like on a, a Word document, um, and make sure that you're saving it because sometimes issues happen and you do not want to lose your work. Like that would be like crying, like a situation of crying for me. Um, a lot of these applications recently that I've been doing are on this website called Submittable. Submittable, um, and you sign in, and the form is there, and you have to input it in the form. But sometimes, if it takes a long time to do the grant, what ends up happening is you go down to the bottom and it says "Save Draft." You can save the draft, but then say you like type in like two, two or three more paragraphs, and then you get like a phone call, you get distracted, you have to like run to go teach or this or that, um, and you leave your computer open or you close your computer. When you open it, it's still open, but for some reason, something shuts off and uh, you can still type in the boxes, but if you try to push save draft, it kicks you out as if you were never in it and it makes you sign back in. And then when you go into the, the application again, what you just wrote is gone. Um, so it's, it's always a good thing to do that. And then usually you're going to have to end up like going online and doing a word counter and moving like your, whatever you wrote for the, the, the grant into like a word counter to make sure that you're within the parameters of exactly what they're asking, what they're asking for. Um, so yeah, you're going to want to write it down because things are going to shift. You could have some issues and like this 40 hour grant, if I had any, I was already at my wits end at about 20 hours. And if I had to redo anything, it would have been like complete meltdown material. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been pretty. So yeah, um, if you want to have something prepared in advance, I would, I would tell you definitely have like an artist statement, have a mission, have a proposal, um, and work samples. Um, you probably are going to need a budget as well. Um, and then, like I said, in the most recent one, I had to develop a, a DEI statement and, and a DEI policy. Um, Everybody is going to be different who you apply for. Um, some are going to be simple and easy and fast and others are going to be extremely complicated. Um, and that's why it's, it's really important that before you do fill out any of the grant stuff, like I said before, you want to make sure that you look at the grant, make sure that it, it aligns with uh, what you want to do and that you're not going to have to like change your, um, your vision too much. Um, and then make sure that you are eligible. You do not want to like do the entire grant and you miss something in the eligibility requirements and you did all that work and you're disqualified before they even look for it. Look at, look at your proposal. Um, so yeah, that is what you need to apply for a grant. Okay. Um, so how long does it usually take until you find out, um, if you're going to get a grant? Um, Again, that varies. Usually most grants, um, along with like the eligibility requirements, they'll give sort of a timeline. Um, there's some grants are pretty straightforward and you just kind of like apply for the grant. But there are other grants where you actually have to send a letter of uh, intent, which is like, this is what I want to do. And then the organization will actually say, oh, we're interested, fill out the grant. Um, and then you fill out the grant and then there's like a process after that where others, it's like, you just, you don't have to get approved. 
Um, you just do the grant. It's almost like uh, in college when you have to do like a thesis, like you don't just to be like, this is my thesis. I'm going to do it. Like you have to get approved by whatever board. Um, I mean, I didn't get that far in college. Uh, so I, I don't know this like completely uh, for a fact, but I, I've heard there's like boards that have to approve your thesis and then you can actually do the work. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's some of them, some of them are kind of like that, but for the most part that doesn't happen. But anyway, so once you put the grant in and the deadline for like putting it in is, is, has passed, um, usually the, I guess the grant committees get together and they start going through the applications and they might like whittle them down. Um, and then, uh, they'll usually make a decision and then you might not get your money right away. You might get it uh, when a, when they tell you, you might get it right away. They might get it when they tell you, it might be like this grant that we would get. Um, if we get the dance advancement fund, we would get a certain amount of money in at the beginning of 2020. And then we would get another uh, dose of money in 2023. So it's a two year grant. Um, so yeah, it really depends, but um, it's it's not so much like a college application where you're like, okay, are they gonna let me? When are they gonna let me know? Or summer program? It's uh, they usually give a sense of like when you should hear by them. Um, I wanted to touch upon how they choose uh, who they're gonna grant to. Like I said, they're going to choose people who align with their their mission um, and with per- people who they believe can execute what they say they're going to do with their with their grant money um, and for those reasons what often happens this is what I've heard I haven't experienced this yet um, a lot of times grant or granting organizations they will not give a grant to somebody the first time they apply um, so it's actually like a, a several year process where like you apply again again and again and as you build your uh, company's resume or your individual resume and you get more experience and then also as they start to see like how your grant writing skills are improving and like how your uh, your um, proposals are, are changing once they see that consistency then they want then they're more likely to give you a grant so I don't know exactly how they choose um, and one of the things I think is pretty unfortunate is I mean I get it because a lot of them a lot of these granting organizations have too many applications but it's very very rare to get feedback on why you did or why, why you didn't get a grant um, but uh, Every once in a while you can. And if you ask, sometimes they will, but they're just too overwhelmed. So you don't often get feedback, which makes it hard to like create improvement in your grant uh, application process. But um, it, it's, it, it, it makes sense to me why, why that happens. Um, but so I don't know exactly how they choose. These are things that I have heard. <clears throat> um, but when you do get chosen, um, you don't always just get money. Often what you'll get is support from an organization. Um, so with this dance advancement fund, they actually had six things that were listed. Um, I can't remember exactly what they were. It might've been like marketing as one, like grant making, um, like general operating, uh, like audience outreach, things like that. And they actually had you list like one, two, three, four, five, six, like which would be the most helpful to you. Um, because if you get the grant, you don't just get like the money. They actually will, uh, I don't know if this is exactly how they do it, but a lot of organizations will um, have meetings with you. They'll offer you advice. They might give you a mentor. Um, they might uh, require that you attend um, 
monthly meetings with all of the other people who got grants so that you can start to create like a network of support. Um, so when you get a grant, sometimes it's just money, um, but other times it's money and additional support beyond that, like education and net and, and community. So um, it's important if you're looking for more than just money to like look for those grants that are going to offer you uh, incentives beyond beyond cash. Um, then once you get the money, usually you have to do like a fulfillment um, form. So for the city artist core grant that we got, um, we had to remind them what we were what we were following. What's okay? You sometimes when you put in a proposal and time passes, things change. So when I first got the grant, they wanted me to re-explain exactly what we were doing because, I mean, honestly, our initial grant period that I was hoping to get it for was in August and we didn't get it. So we had to shift our dates. So my proposal was no longer completely accurate. Um, so they asked us to give them information about what was what we were doing um, if it had changed. So we did that. And then we did our performances and and by, I think it was October 20th, um, I was required to fill out like a final uh, event form. And I had to like explain to them, like, what did we do? Where did we go? Where did the money go towards? Um, how many people were in attendance? Um, can I, I had to send them some uh, like official documentation of uh, what we did, which was in the form of photographs. Um, so uh, often once you get the grant, um, and you go through the whole process. If there is that uh, like incentive factor where you get to like create a network or get support from the organization, um, often you're going to also have to do more work after you use the grant money to prove um, that you use the money for what you said you were going to use it for. Um, and that's, I mean, it, it's it's for two reasons. Once, or first off, it's obviously because they want to make sure that you are not just like taking free money and doing what you want with it. They want to make sure that you're actually doing what you said you were going to do with it. Um, and then also there, there must be some type of like government reasons, like with taxes and whatnot, where they have to um, show the government where their money went and that it actually like, was used for the purpose of uh, the arts and culture or whatever else um, they are providing grant money for. So is it worth it to apply for grants? Um, it just really depends. Like when you first start, you often apply for all the wrong grants. Um, like I said before, like don't apply for things that you are changing your values or you're or overly like shifting your proposals um, to try and get. Um, it's really important to just try and find uh, projects that align at least 80% with what you want to do. Um, so yeah, I honestly feel like at the beginning, it's a lot of the grants that you apply for are not worth it because either it's it's not truly in, like you don't align or um, you, you're not eligible, but you got to start going. Like you got to start at a certain point. So I, I don't want to say don't do it, but you, 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 it, aren't going to get the value of all of the hard work that you put in at first. Um, and then if you start to get grants, it becomes easier to get grants. It's kind of like getting a job. Like if somebody knows you and they can vouch for you um, and they're like a trusted employee, chances are an employer is going to look at that person uh, more fondly than a random person that comes in off the street. Um, because there's like a, a it's like a known quanti quant quantity um, versus like an unknown. 
Um, and it's, it's the same for grants. I think that uh, when one organization that's respected gives a grant to somebody, then another organization and says, oh, well, they did it. It worked. So I feel safer to do it because I know that they're going to fulfill what they say they're going to do. And I'm not going to have issues with them down the line. Um, like I said, supposedly granting committees like to see artists apply more than once before they get a grant. Um, for me, where I am with movement headquarters, um, I am getting to a place where I need to not be the person writing grants. I'm like desperate to find somebody to start writing grants for us. Um, so I think that it, things change once you get somebody who's kind of like in the know, um, with grant writing. Um, so it might not be the same if you are lucky enough to be able to hire a grant writer right away or if you are friends with a grant writer who's willing to give through time. Um, but you just got to start applying and it's it's going to be like a, a trial and error type system where you go, okay, am I, gonna, am I going to uh, get this grant? You don't get a grant, you don't get a grant, you don't get a grant, and then maybe you get surprised and you get a grant and then you go, okay, well, why did I get that grant? And you look at it and then you go, okay, well, I shouldn't have applied for the first two grants, but the third one I, I could have possibly gotten, so it was good I did it, but the fourth one at least I got that. Um, so you you start to, like most things, as you become more, uh, get more experienced, you become more educated and you can sort of like start to just brush things to the side that look flashy, like $10,000 if you do this, but you go, okay, well, great, but there's there's no way I'm going to get that grant. Or um, if I do get the grant, it's going to be for something that is completely out of the scope of what I want to do um, or well beyond the mission of our organization um, and then go from there. So um, yeah, have I ever gotten a grant? I've already told you the grants that I've gotten, um, minus one or two. So I've, I've gotten three grants in my, uh, career so far. I got a, a grant from Career Transitions for Dancers, um, and that was to create, back actually when I started this podcast, um, Kimberly Falker, our producer, she, uh, interviewed me about a project that I was doing and, uh, on her podcast, uh, and, at that time, she was thinking about starting this network, the Premier Dance Network. Um, and so after talking to me on her podcast, she was like, I feel like you need a podcast. So that's how I, I ended up getting this. But so I had I had done a project um, where I traveled around the country and I interviewed dancers and then I about like a challenging life experience. And then we created choreography based off of that. And I created like a few mini docu-series um, that were, that were on YouTube and I got a grant for that. Um, and then last year we got the dance NYC coronavirus relief for dance makers, um, grant, which allowed us to create and perform love letter. And then this year we got the city artist core grant. So, um, now that we're starting to get a few, I'm hoping that we can like really start to get the ball rolling and, um, and get a lot more done so that I can get movement headquarters, uh, create a, a cycle of funding that, uh, will allow us to flourish versus every single time you want to do something, having to fundraise for it, um, like individually. So yeah, I have gotten several grants. I wish that I've gotten several more. Um, like I said, I don't think I'm that great at writing grants. I'm a good writer. Like I, I write professionally for national dance publications. Um, but it's, it's a different, it's, it's a different skill than it is to write like uh, a narrative, um, an essay or even fiction. Um, so just because you're a good writer doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be a good grant writer. Um, but there are, there are workshops out there. Like for instance, our fiscal sponsor, New York Live Arts, I just got an email today that they're having like a grant writing uh, 101 class. Um, and there are, so if you, if you want to learn more about uh, writing grants aside from Googling and looking at like blogs and uh, different 
uh, periodicals online, um, a lot of organizations and cities uh, will have um, workshops to help at least educate people like the basics on writing grants. So um, yeah, thank you, Kenya, for offering this topic. Um, it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm still learning um, a lot about grant writing. I've been doing it for several years now, but um, I, I'm still learning and I feel like I'm getting closer every single time. Um, but it's been, I mean, I started in 2015. That was when we did the our choreography like uh, docu-series on YouTube. Um, and then I didn't really do any grant writing for like a year or two after that. And then since 2017, 2018, um, when like movement headquarters really started to become uh, something that I saw uh, the possibility of happening, that's when I really started to like dive into to grant writing. So um, I hope that you learned something from this today. Um, again, thank you, Kenya. I love it when uh, people offer uh, suggestions for topics for podcasts. So if you are listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I have this great idea. I would love to hear Barry talk about it. Um, please do. I would, I would love to have more, uh, possibilities of things. And I want to be talking about, I want to be talking dance. You see what I did there? I want to be talking dance. Um, but I want to be talking about things that, uh, you guys want to listen to and then, and to educate you on topics that maybe you, uh, need some guidance on. So, um, with that, we're going to close out today's episode. Um, I hope that everybody is well. I hope that you're safe and healthy. Um, and I think we're going to call that that. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorlis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerolis.com. You can also check out my company's website, www.movementhqballet.org. You can also reach out on these sites. If you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. You'd think I was drunk by this point because my words are not working anymore. (laughs) Continuing the outro. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollis. My company is on Instagram at movement underscore headquarters or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to check out my blogs. I wrote on Life of a Freelance Dancer for five years about freelance work across the country and working as an independent contractor. I also have Dancing Off Stage, and I wrote on there about post-performance careers of professional dancers. If you'd like to check out my choreography, you can go to YouTube and you can check out the B Corollas channel and the Movement Headquarters channel to see my choreographic work. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chats. I hope you return two weeks from this Saturday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.